to the first ever episode of the Two Indie Authors podcast, where we will be having weekly chats about life as an independent author, discussing key topics in the world of self-publishing, and speaking with other independent authors and industry professionals from time to time. Um, how are you, David? I'm good. I'm excited about this. We've been yeah. discussing this podcast for a long time. We have. Um, I think well, a couple of years now. Yeah, I think in the midst of the pandemic, we started chatting regularly um, over mm. camera calls like this. Mm-hmm. And I think we were both finding a comfort in the sort of collaborative nature of indie publishing, because I guess indie publishing is what it says on the tin. It's independent. It's so you quite can find lonely yourself, at times. It's an isolating uh, mm. profession, yes, um, especially for us full-time authors and Rob's just become a full-time author very recently Um, I've been I a have. full-time author for a number of years and we are we decided to set this podcast up because of the topics we were discussing over the, those calls over the couple of years we felt we could really pass on some of the knowledge we've learned in our indie careers and perhaps help out some independent authors and pay it back to those I guess who have helped us over the years too. That's very succinctly put. I don't think there's anything I can add to that. Um, <laughs> but I just think, I, I echo that. I think the amount of times you and I have had a conversation, like I said, even just to catch up to see how we're doing, and then, uh, I don't know, come away with like a nugget of information from you, or I don't know, we've we've put a problem to bed or something. It's just... And ditto, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, we, we have helped each other. It was just some conversations. As, as we said, being independent can be quite isolating. So it's it's great to have that buddy in the corner. Mm, definitely um and so what, what we've done is we, we we've composed or comprised a podcast that we think independent authors would really like that has some regular features in it so there we will be discussing in diary like form our weeks and mm-hmm. um, robert and david's weeks how we've got on over the past week and uh, in terms of our writing in terms of our indie author career we will also then have a main top talking point where we will discuss something big in the world of independent authoring. And today we're actually going to discuss um, how we became full-time authors. Uh, we also have a mailbag where we'll be inviting questions from you, the listener. And myself and Robert will tackle those questions at about sort of the halfway stage of our podcast. <laughs> and then we have my favorite regular feature, which is called Seven Questions where we pose the same seven questions to an independent author, a different independent author in each and every episode. Yeah, I think that, like I say, that's my favorite section too. I think it's going to be so interesting to find out how um, other indie authors like approach their work and uh, their answers to some of the questions we're going to be posing them will be quite, quite interesting, I feel. Yeah, the fact that they're the same seven questions uh, and the and that we're going to get a diverse range of answers from different authors will, will be quite fascinating. So we we promise to make it a, a fun-filled and entertaining, but mostly um, an informative podcast every week. Yeah, 
Well, before we get into the meat of our podcast today, um, how's your week been? Good. Yeah, I, I, I am at that stage where I'm three quarter. I'm yeah, I'm about three quarters of the way through a novel at the moment. Um, so that sometimes for me, the halfway stage towards the end can be quite sluggy. Mm. I'm not that great. I, I, I'm much more in my element when I'm plotting and planning, you know, the start of a book. You're a schemer. Um, I'm a schemer. I'm a schemer. I'm definitely a plotter. But I'm at that stage now where I'm trying to reach the finish line. So I aim for about 85,000 words. Mm. Per novel, I'm at about the 60, 62,000 word stage at the moment. So I think in another month, another four weeks, I should have draft one yeah. done. I'm, I'm at that stage. You're at that point where the end is like, oh, it's like the last few miles on like a marathon. Or something. It's yes. like you, you, you know it's coming up, but you're already kind of knackered. Um, yes. So it's just like pulling yourself into that final stretch. Exactly. That's where I'm at. And it does feel a little sluggy for me sometimes um, at this stage of it. But it's still always very enjoyable to be creating every day and and getting words on the page. I'm um, I also have a lot of admin to do, which is (laughs) part and parcel of being an independent author. It's not I mean, a lot of the administrative work that goes alongside the creative work is quite enjoyable. I enjoy the um creating new ads i enjoy um being in contact with other indie authors such as yourself but they're just part of, i mean i've got to i'm two months behind on my <laughs> on my accounts oh, no. <laughs> that's that's one thing i don't really enjoy but I, I have to get that done this week so that's um i mean we, we will discuss all our loves and hates of the indie author world uh, through this podcast but yeah yet there are parts i love and parts i don't really love uh, not in equal measure i love 90 percent of it to be honest um but right now it's about finishing this next book and then i will start uh, when while i'm redrafting i will also start coming up with the marketing techniques that i will use to help sell this book so i'm at i'm at that stage where are you at rob what have you done this week so as you know I, I literally, it's my first week as a full-time author. So I yes. left, Ding-ding. I left, yeah, I know it's been a long road. Um, but yeah, I left uh, my full-time uh, job a couple of weeks ago, had a holiday uh, with the family. And so this week I just hit the ground running because I'm, I'm a bit behind on my own deadline for, for my latest book as well. Um, okay. I wanted it before I left. But my work just went mental before I left because I think they realized I was actually leaving. Uh, so yeah. they just tried to like literally milk me for like the last drop. Um, right. So, but I don't know. It, it's such a freeing feeling to sort of sit down on a Monday and did some writing. And I was like, oh, now I'll do a bit more. Oh, I could do a bit yeah. more. It's fascinating. Oh, I'll do a bit and, more. And like, <laughs> this is going to be our main talking point today is our... our... Mm our evolution to full-time in the authoring. Um, but just give the listeners a a brief synopsis of where you're at with your book. So are you the same as me? Do you aim for about eighty to 85,000 words? Is that your sweet spot? I think mine are more like, I'd say 78 to 82. It's a bit specific, but that's roughly where yeah, they, they come in. That's at. where they come in. 
I, and where I are we made, at now with this book? I, I think I hit about 66, 67 yesterday. Um, oh, okay. So I, I've only got about four. So I'm like you. I, I don't plot like to the nth degree, but I know what's happening in each chapter. Yeah. And because um, so we'll get into it over the time as I write action thrillers, all of my books build up to like a big crescendo of violence and you know big explosions yes. and action scenes so yeah the last five chapters are usually like an absolute blast to write like yes. they're so much fun so i'm now just like he in the book he's now like got to the final part essentially so i'm planning on having that my deadline's tomorrow essentially so i've got like the next day and a bit to to try and so get you a, give you you give yourself deadlines to reach certain word counts uh this is to finish the book Oh, to like, complete the book. Yeah. Like I said, I've only got like four chapters left to go and I've got like right. a whole day and a whole evening and stuff to do it. So I think I'm just going to get my head down and do it. But um, brilliant. thinking about like this week, so I've only been independent author for, well, full-time author. I've been an indie author for years, but I've been full-time author for like a week. In my last job, I used to have to deal with a lot of data and analysis and stuff like that. And I used to have to deal with the Office of National Statistics. Oh, right. For, on behalf of the company. And yes. that was like one of the things I got to get rid of. And I was like, ha, 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 I don't have to do that again. And I got, an e <laughs> I got a letter from them. I got a letter from the Office of National Statistics. And just as a self-employed like business, I've, I've been selected to provide information to them on a monthly basis. I was like, oh, come on, you're having a laugh. I've just, I've just got rid of that. <laughs> I don't understand the letter. Like, it's different to what I used to do before. This is all about, like, accounts and stuff. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I just can't get away from it. So, Is that mandatory? Yeah, if it's, if it's selected, it's, it's a legal requirement, yeah. Oh, no, I would I not I questioned that it, and they said, we, yeah, that we, we, we have the right to select any. I think it's because I'm, I'm VAT registered, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's a ball like, but oh, is what okay. it is. That's my week. So, so <laughs> listeners probably shuddered when they heard you saying you were VAT registered and there's a lot of accounts that go involved when you run your own business. But these sort of complications and these knots that you find you might be tying yourself up in as an independent author, me and Rob are going to take you through that through mm. the course of these podcasts. Any questions you have, you can submit to us for our mailbag uh, feature, which happens about halfway through this show every week. So anything that annoys you, or gives you a slight headache about your indie author career, pose that question and myself and Rob will tackle it. But we will, the aim of this podcast is to take you through how this career can be run and run yeah. successfully. Nah. So that's the week that was for both of us. We're both, I guess, in a similar circumstance where we're, we're heading towards the final act of our novels. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, we will keep the, the listeners up to date with that every week as, as we're going along. Um, but the first feature that we want to talk about or the big talking point that we want to talk about is how we became full-time authors now rob has sort of hinted already when discussing his week that was this is his first week as a full-time independent author i we'd have to go back to 2018 for me that's that's when it all happened for me and while rob was quite tentative in continuing with his job his his career before taking the plunge i sort of took the plunge blind yeah i, I think and you could I, you could shift out the word tentative to responsible <laughs> yes yes very true very true 
But I guess I guess the listener would benefit from the two of us talking through how it happened for us, Rob. So shall we? Um... Yeah, I, I I I think you're right. I think it's this is the ultimate goal, isn't it? This is the goal I had when I set out. I think I published yeah. my first book nearly nine years ago. Like self-published, my first one. So you know, it's it's been a when I think said earlier, it's been a long road. It has been a long road, but I think the ultimate goal is you want to do it for a living, don't you? And yeah, I think you do. If you can buy you, that you, autonomy, you're winning. And and we write because we love it. Like I absolutely love writing. I assume you love writing as well. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure most people do it because they love doing it. And then to be able to do that and be able to pay your bills for it. That's the dream, right? Yeah. So I think this is a good thing for us to start off on. A, because it's really fresh for me, because it's just happened. Yeah, but B, because brand new got, you. like you said, you and I have come at this from very different angles. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be beneficial. But I think we should start with you, because your one's way more exciting than my one. Mine's too sensible. Well, no, <laughs> well, no, well yours is a bit more sensible, I guess. Um but yeah, we, we, we'll start with me. I when I I was a journalist for sixteen years. Uh, I was a sports journalist for years, but I always knew that there was a book in me. Like I bet everybody listening to this um, feels that way or has felt that way. So I did write my first book while I was a journalist, and I had heard of indie publishing or self publishing, which is probably its its better known phrase. But I had never thought of going down that road. I didn't know anything about it, is the truth. So I did the painstaking job of going through the Writers and Artists Yearbook in 2017 oh. and trying to f- pull out agents and publishers' contact details and send them off my pitch of, you know, you should publish this book because I'm trying to sell myself. And I sent off 45 emails and wow. most don't even bother getting back to you, let alone, you know, reject you. They, they won't even bother getting back to you. That's it's a painful soul, process. It's so soul destroying, isn't it? Is it when is. You, especially when you put all that love and time, you know, no one cares about your book as much as you do, which, uh, yeah. you know, is something you'll probably hear me say a lot on this podcast. Yeah. But um, yeah, just to not receive anything back, it, it, it's absolutely soul destroying. It really is. It is. And um, on the 45th one, I got a publisher reach out to me. They said, oh, we really like this. Um, let's have a chat. So we had a chat. We, um, we, were, we, we were on the same page with what the book was and how it should be sort of edited and what it should look like from the cover point of view, how we could sell it from a blurb point of view. Which sounded great, and I got really excited. Me and my mm. wife popped a bottle of champagne. I actually got a three book deal. They were so excited about the book I'd written. They said, "Right, we're going to give you a three book deal." And I was like, "Great!" So here's me assuming, oh, I've just become an author. Yeah, new Michael Connolly. I've here, done. Yeah. I've made it. Yeah, this is it. And so they published my first book in. The March, I think, of 2018. And whatever way it fell, I wasn't going to get my royalties because I just missed out on one uh, mm. month, whatever they give them every three months or something. And so I think it was around the uh, September of that year, 
um, they said, okay, here, your first royalty check's coming. And I went, great. And I genuinely didn't know. All I knew was I could look at Amazon yeah. rankings and think, oh, that's done all right. It's, yeah. it's number 1,000 in the Amazon rankings. And, and I'm not joking when I say this. I wasn't sure whether my check was going to be for tens of thousands of pounds or <laughs> or close to ten thousand pound or what, what what it was going to be can i, I can i to... can i buy the new mercedes can i not buy exactly. the new mercedes <laughs> yes yes that's yeah i was planning how to spend it and so this was for about four or five months worth of sales and i had no idea what the check was and mm. it dropped in my email digital um uh, invoice and I clicked in and I looked at it and I went what the fuck <laughs> and then I kept I kept scrolling and scrolling and this was for four months of sales 500 pounds I had earned from the sales of my books so I did further research into this and this is what's great about the indie author community hmm. if you reach out you'll get answers and, yes. and we're, we're going to set up you can reach us on Facebook to indie authors any questions, we're here for support mm-hmm. um, because we're paying it back because we got the support from other, in, in, or from other indie authors too. So I found out that my publisher was selling my book for 99p. Mm-hmm. They were taking, I think, 60%. So, well, first think- of all, Amazon are taking... 70 percent well that's what i was going to just i was going to interject it there is that if you sell a book yeah. at 99p and this is what i think a lot of people don't see is when someone says like, oh yeah my publisher sold like ten thousand books and if the majority of them are being sold at 99p you can only get like a 30 percent royalty i think is it 30 percent from um yeah from amazon 35 percent yeah so then actually you take that you're only making so if you have 99p you round it down if it's 30 percent, it's like 30p per book and then if they're taking 60% of that, you're getting what? 12p a you're, book? You're getting about 12p. If you sell 10,000 books at 99p with a, a, a publisher, you're, what are you ending up with? 120 pounds. 12p a book. I don't know. You, so, you're asking me for maths here. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a writer, yeah, we, not a mathematician. We, we are not mathematicians. <laughs> I probably got that wrong. Somebody will correct but, me. But that's like the, the, crude, the crude maths of it is, is when it's like a 50 50 or 60 40 split it's not of the the sale price is it because that 99p yeah. amazon takes 70p of that before you even get a royalty so yeah you're talking peanuts essentially yeah and then i did some more further research and i found out that traditional authors guys who have got publishing deals they're earning nine thousand pounds a year mm. through their books so it's not full-time Mm-hmm. Um, and then I came across Mark Dawson, I think, who is well known in the yes. in the author world, and he's telling me he's earning over a million a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, what? And he's he's sharing his um, accounts, and you know he's quite upfront about it. So I ended up doing a a, a course in how to become the, an independent author. The one hundred and one control the 101 yeah the Mark Dawson's 101. 101 course yeah that's a game 101 course game changer for me i went back to my publisher and said can i have the rights to the these books back um and in fairness to them well i think they're probably used to it uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> i think a lot of authors take their books back from these um publishing companies 
and they said, yes, here you go. So they signed the books back over to me. Uh, I already had my second book written mm-hmm. at this stage, and I knew I didn't want to give it to the publisher. I knew I wasn't going to be selling thousands of that and getting a few hundred pounds for it. As the, so, best, the best decision you ever made. It's the best decision I ever yeah. made. But And it's not just the money that I've made since mm. becoming an indie author. It's the autonomy. Mm-hmm. It's the control. I control it all. If I want to change the blurb, I'll change the blurb. If I want to change anything in my story, I can change it. Mm-hmm. I can change the pricing. I, I, we have we have full control over it all, Rob, and that's that's the winner. I I have been offered publishing deals since. Mm-hmm. I would not take one. You, you couldn't you couldn't give me a six figure sum advance to take a publishing deal now, and that sounds pretentious and big headed. I don't want it to sound that way. It's but my it, truth. But it goes back I, to I the just wouldn't take the a money. traditional deal. It's not about yeah, the it's money, not about though, the money. Is it? It's it's the it's it's having that level of control. It makes you sound like control freaks. You have to have all the control. But go back to what I said, no one's going to care about your books more than you do. So if you're in full control of where they go, what they do, what they look like, you know, how they get promoted, yeah, it, it's it's worth more than just being able to say to people, oh, I've got a publishing deal. Because yeah. you've had way more success not having a publishing deal than having a publishing deal. So yeah. And I do, I mean, I have taught creative writing as well. And sometimes I pop into an old college and I'll, 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 I'll do it a class and I kind of cringe a little bit. And again, I don't want this to sound pretentious, but when, when students are telling me that, you know, oh, they've written after this publisher and their whole, I just think in this day and age, well, here's the thing. I'm going to sum it up this way, right? In this day and age, you can reach an audience yourself, mm-hmm. right? So if you are making a movie, you don't need Universal Studio. You don't need a big studio to reach an audience anymore. You can independently reach an audience yourself. Same with your music. If you take the 1975, who are probably the biggest band in the world at the moment, or certainly and one possibly of the most popular the bands in the world. So. Possibly the best. Asterix. Um, they didn't get a big deal. No. They, had, they, they independently put out their first album. Because that's what you can do these days. We can reach an audience. We can go on Facebook and say, I want to reach people who like um, thriller movies. They like Jack Reacher. They also own an Amazon Kindle. right? So you can reach your audience yourself. You, we do not need a movie producer does not need Universal Studios anymore. A, a, a band does not need Sony Music anymore. An author does not need Penguin no, Random House that- anymore. You can reach the audience yourself. You can reach the audience. And I think one of the big things, and I think we, <clears throat> I think we'll, won't go too much into detail on this bit now, because I think there's a whole podcast to discuss this next thing. But I think the reason why a lot of people don't think about that, don't think that, oh, I can do it myself, is because people will always panic about the upfront cost of doing stuff. Because yes, exactly. we, can re- we can reach those people, but it's not for free. Um, and, and, and that's, I think a massive stumbling block for a lot of people, because it's the same thing as like, well, you know, I, I go get my covers designed. I have a massive input in how they're done, but they cost money. Same as your, you, but yeah, publishers should foot the bill for that. And I think there's always that part of it as well as people have that mentality of like, well, my publisher have the book, they'll do everything. They'll market it. They'll do all this stuff and they'll make me a million pounds. 
and very rarely does that happen but it can happen very rarely it does but i think we can go into that in a lot more detail about cost of of being an indie author but yeah whilst we know we can reach these people i always think you'll have that stumbling block people immediately go to well how much does that cost yeah exactly well you're dead right there's there's a podcast there's podcasts plural Mm. that we could we could um talk about these things but to summarize, you, you would say if you want to have a successful indie author business, well, then you got to treat it like an indie author business. And no business survives by just producing a service or a product and just leaving it there to be purchased. Mm-hmm. So there are costs you have to market, you have to dress it up. It has to have a great cover, which can cost two, three hundred pounds, whatever it is. Um, and then your marketing is whatever. I mean, I started out. When I became independent, so I left to continue the story. I left Mm. the publishing company I had, took control of my books and started to tentatively um, put £10 a day on ads. Mm -hmm. Suddenly the the £10 was making me £20. And then when I turned it up to £20 spend, it was making me £40. I mean, that's a golden ticket, isn't it? (laughs) Well, that's a ticket. If you're producing, you know, double your spend, you're onto something. Um, so now I'm at a stage where I'm spending over a hundred pounds a day marketing my books, but it's, it's bringing in a few hundred pounds. So, you know, it's, it's more than enough. I'm reaching, um, five figure months now from my books, but I'm, I'm spending a couple of, a few grand every month marketing. It's, it's, it's 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 speculating to accumulate. That's That's exactly it. That is exactly it. And, um, I had someone once, um, lay it out regarding like you want to set up like if you want to be an indie author kind of way i read it um i'd love to give them credit for it because it was brilliant but they're saying like we'll just envisage like a coffee shop like if you wanted to run a coffee shop like you'd still have to spend money on getting like the premises so you could straight like like get pay for a website um you'd have to get the coffee machine so okay you need the product so the product needs to be good so you need to have a good cover you need to have it edited like these things cost money um but I think so many people think, oh, because it's self-published, I can do it for free. It doesn't cost me anything yeah. to self-publish. People then like no. make themselves a cover, slap it on there without editing it, and then go, it's not working. It's like, well, listen to David yeah, B. It... Lyons because he knows <laughs> what it takes. <laughs> well, it's either a business or it's not a business. Yes. If you would like to write as a hobby and put books out there and not sort of um, spend money on marketing them, that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. You can do that. But if you want to create a, an indie author business, you've got to speculate to accumulate. So say, it's the same money business. So with that in mind, let's go back to um, you've left your publisher. You've started yeah. doing these ads. Then, mm-hmm. like I said, the best decision you ever made, you launched Betsy Blake. Yes. My follow up to my first book was called Whatever Happened to Betsy Blake. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's no unique story, although I would say it's, it's uniquely told and narrated, but it's, it's the, it's the trope of a, a young girl has gone missing. Hmm. And, um, so what I was able to do was I, I started to put up a picture of a cute young brunette girl, which is what my Betsy Blake was. Um, and I, I got some reviews from some 
newspapers for this, but now I, I had the advantage here of knowing a lot of editors because I worked for a lot of mm. newspapers over the years. Um, and this is something, again, we'll talk about how to get reviews and, and do reviews. In fact, it might even pop up today in conversation. So I was able to get that picture of this pretty brunette girl looking sad, and then I was able to put five stars, and the Irish Independent called it a devastating novel. So I was able to get devastating five stars Nice. and the picture of the girl and put it on Facebook. And suddenly, you know, it, it, it started to sell. It was going like hotcakes. And my 10 pound a day spends turned into a hundred pound a day. Hmm. Um, so it really took off. It motored that book. And so when I got my publishing deal, I thought, well, that's it. I'm an author now. So I left journalism. I stopped writing about football and I was sort of, doing a little bit of teaching in, in colleges and schools on creative writing and on media. But I knew I didn't want to be doing that full time. Yeah. You know, in, in education, particularly in the UK where I'm based now, I, I'm Irish, but uh, I'm based in the UK. Full time work in an education institution is very pressurized. And I knew that I didn't want to do that because I wouldn't be writing. I wouldn't have the time to write. So I just jacked it in. So I had no job when Betsy Blake came out that you needed and a home run you needed a home run here I needed what happened to me yeah if it didn't happen I'm not sure what would be going on but um and, and that sounds very simple that I took a girl a picture of a, of a four-year-old girl looking sad and, and put a, a, a big pull quote next to it because you would think that oh that's what you did with your next book right and that became a success no each of my books require a different level of mm. marketing and i'm very happy to talk about that through the podcast as we as we go through episodes of, of, of how i market and so that was that's that's one book about a missing girl and i have to market it a certain way um i mean i write the same genre all the time it's sort of suspense dark suspense books i guess um but Another book I wrote called She Said, Three Said, which is a sort of a trial book about um, uh, three best friends accused of raping a girl. That I can't market the same way as I market Betsy Blake. So that requires a different sort of visual and a, and a different level of pull quote and a different way of marketing. But as I said, I'm very happy. I'm very open and to sharing how I successfully sell my books. I think, I think we've... Um... We've already discussed that one of our first episodes we'll do is doing a bit more of a deeper dive into how we've marketed our books. Specifically, I yeah. say more on Facebook, because I think we both agree that's been our most fruitful advertising stream, I'd say. Yeah, it's the, it's the hot topic. So I haven't looked back, and my revenue year on year has grown. Mm. And I'm now at a stage where I have producers are contacting me looking for um the rights to option some of my books that's cool so it, and, and they're coming straight to me it's not you know it's it's not going through a publisher and all this thing so again i own the autonomy on it but again in the two indie authors facebook group please feel free to ask any questions myself and rob are free to answer them so so i guess you could say i became a full-time indie author by taking a bit of a gamble, by jumping off at the deep end. Rob? I was way more conservative. <laughs> <laughs> you, you dipped your toe in. I, I did, I did. So I'll give a very quick whistle-stop tour of 
like the beginning bit. So I um I think I said earlier, like I published my first I self-published my first book like nine years ago. Um my brother made me a cover for it, my friend edited it. Um I went on blog tours, I got reviews, my ego went massive that I was some like incredible yeah. author. And then yeah. I didn't really sell many. Um and I was just getting friends and stuff to buy it. But then I pitched a different book to, I pitched that book to a publisher and then I told him what else I was working on. And he was more interested in what I was working on and then, you know, said all the right things to get me to, to sign up. But he was a very small independent publisher. Um, you probably agree with me here, probably signs up as many books as he possibly can that have potential, put them yeah. all through the same process. And then if they get a home run on a couple of them, because we were speaking about the royalty um, splits, they make their money yeah. back. But all yeah. the authors who who don't, you know, don't hit the home run and don't get the sales, they just get, they literally get ignored. That's what happened to me. I was asking questions. How are you marketing this? What are you doing here? Um, yeah. And I got ignored. Um, and then I found out I got lied to um, because I actually got a very big author to agree to do a cover quote, put him in touch with the... Um, publisher who then said it didn't oh they refused to do it in the end and then when I spoke to that author like six months later he went oh they never reached out to me so I was like right that's I'm done <laughs> give me back oh, my they rights blatantly lied to you yeah blatantly lied to me um wow. and, and let's put it this way like I'd released the first book in this new series that they were interested in and like you I looked at the royalty thing I was like oh uh well, I was hoping <laughs> this would have uh this would have been a bit better yeah. But yeah, so again, it was like a hundred pounds. So I was like, well, it's, you know, this, it really damaged how I wanted to like my, my want to write because I was just like, well, it's not selling and you don't treat me with any respect. So I left, I had a second publisher, um, someone who's, I think a lot more genuine and actually did want to try and like do a good job as a publisher, but again, yeah. just didn't offer anything. And then I found out that like, the cover they'd got me was like a free cover off of Canva. Like, Oh really? Right. Yeah. Cause I found they, it. They on another, investing. I found it on another book. Yeah. So you can imagine how, wow. so then I, 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 I just shut it down. I was like, you know what? I'm going to figure out, you know, it can't be this hard. Like there's but, options Yeah. I was there. just going to interject here when you say that about the publishing arm, here's the thing. There's nothing they can do that we can't do ourselves. 100%. Just nothing. And we can I, do it all. And I would attach that thought. So if there's any if there's any authors on here who are like in a position where they they don't know what they want to do, um what way they want to go, they want to chase publishers, they're scared to self-publish, to keep that thought there of there's nothing they can do that we can't do ourselves and yeah. like marry that with the no one will ever care about your book as much as you will. Because if you combine those two together, you will then go start doing those things for yourself because you will care more about the outcome of it than a publisher will when they've got another 30 books. I was told by one of my publishers that it'd be 18 months until my book could be released. Yeah. And I was like, 18 uh, yeah, with, months? With, with, it's going to sit on the shelf the for 18 big, months. With the big five publishing companies in particular... It, it can take that long. I, it can even take to a couple of years. This wasn't a big publisher. Um, and they, they still wanted 18 months. 18 months to sit something on the shelf. That's the point. Whereas here now yeah. I can just launch it whenever I want. Anyway, yeah. 
so like you I, I was like you know what I've seen I'm in some groups I've seen Mark Dawson stuff like you did like he's doing really well he's got this course um I'm going to I'm going to take it so you know I, I pay I, and this is very thing I, I I laid out the money to, to do the course and it just connected so many dots for me about yeah. what I needed to do in what order what to get sorted out what to focus on what not to and off the back of that, I, I, I married that up with writing a new series, which was like more of an action thriller, Jack Reacher type yes. series. And I think within my first six months after I've launched that book, done the course, like six months later, I'd made like a few thousand pound. Mm-hmm. So I think I went for like the three years I'd self-published and then ha- and and didn't do any of this stuff i think i made 300 pounds over that whole three years yeah crazy and then within like a month of a new book and putting all this stuff into practice i had like 400 pounds royalties i was like wow okay well this is this can work and yeah. i think i think at the end of that that year i've done like about yeah like five thousand pounds and i was like okay six months not bad and then like the next year i did yeah. like ten thousand and then i doubled it then i doubled it and then yeah. And then it's like, well, it's now becoming undeniable. Like it's doubling each year because I, I, unlike you, I write in a series. So I have like an ongoing saga of books about this action hero. Yeah. But obviously at the same time, like me and my wife, we were just getting on the property ladder. Like, so we got a mortgage. I yes. can't just, you know, I've got to, you know, keep working on my job. So I was only getting like a few hours a week to write. And they were usually like late in the evening. And then, you know, we had, a, we got married, we, moved house we've had a kid and it's like all these things that will just stop you like going like right I need to take the plunge I need to take the plunge yeah but then what I focused on was all that money I made off those books over those years I pumped back into it to get better at ads but I also like as you've seen I've I've changed all my covers so I I gave Mm -hmm. my all my books a facelift and then like I invested the other money into getting them all done as audio books so I can I had like a plan of like okay build 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 to the point where yeah it's undeniable I, I can't look at it and say if I leave now I'm gonna fail like I it's it's more like okay well I have to leave now because it'll be stupid if I don't yeah that's essentially what Did my you... accountant said to me <laughs> you'd be a fool oh, not it? to go you'd be a fool not, not to... to go full time now yeah were you waiting to earn a certain yeah number a certain figure mm-hmm income wise from your books before you gave in the full-time job yes so i i was um i had like a middling management role in some pretty good companies so i had had a decent salary and a couple of like nice perks um and you know you live within your means don't you so you know we managed to have like you know we got a mortgage and stuff like that so i was like if i could meet after costs if i could match my salary what i take home um month on month if i could match that through yeah. my books then for six That's months for six months i don't oh, six months i don't want it just to be like oh it's a good month because i've had a book, i've yeah. had a deal where i've launched a book but for six months consistently after my costs and after you take the tax out that horrible word again if i'm meeting my salary or in and around it then i need to go full time and that's what i hit kind of at the beginning of this year but then there's other reasons why I stayed a little bit longer um, that were just beneficial for me and me and my family. Um, 
but yeah, so I waited until I knew I was financially safe to do it. Brilliant. Yeah. Which was, but that, yeah. that's very, very sensible. Yeah. It's, it's a far, it's a far cry from got a publishing deal. Let's pop those bottles. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I've been there. Well, that's it. Yeah. That's our stories of how we became full time. Of course, mm. we, we've told those um, sort of in blurb like form in a synopsis. So we are open to, of course, embellishing and um, giving you more detail on becoming a full time independent author or even becoming an independent author in the first place. And for about 20 or 25 minutes every episode, we're going, we're going to take a deep dive into a certain topic or certain subject mm. regarding independent order. So that was just an introduction to me and, and Robert about how we became full-time authors. And you can, again, I keep repeating this, but hit us up on Facebook, ask us any question you want. We're very open about that. Two but we're going to move on now because the next feature that we're going to be talking or introducing you to in every episode is mailbag. And this is where you compose a question to us and we will answer it for you is uh, <laughs> the best of our abilities. Um, because this is episode one, Rob went trawling through some um, independent author Facebook groups. And did, did you pull out a question for us this week, Rob? I did. Um, just, I think maybe listeners should just be aware of how often I send you um, screenshots of questions that that are, I believe, incredibly naive considering the amount of information out there. Um, Robert can get irate by a bad <laughs> question. I can. I can. Uh, purely because, uh, usually it's because I just feel it's steeped in laziness, I think, a lot yes, of the time. Yeah. That, that, and I don't, I can't be dealing with that. Anywho, I'm going to paraphrase this. I'm not going to mention the person's name. I'm going to paraphrase the question um, because I think it's quite a good one. So do you have any advice on how to get reviews on Amazon? I don't have an email list. I have one book. And when I ask people to review it, even though they say yes, they don't do it, even though the book is free on Kindle Unlimited. <laughs> this feels incredibly difficult. What should I do? Right. Interest. Well, I, I sort of laughed at that there. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean to, to laugh at it. Well, here's the thing. Is this the, is he talking about the catch 22 here? I'm not making any sales. Therefore I can't get reviews, but yeah. I want reviews to help my sales. Right. Well, the egg has to come before the chicken here, right? You've got to be selling books in order for the reviews to appear. Mm -hmm. Now I have. I, I did have a math or, a, or an equation that I looked at. It's probably different now because this was a few years ago. But it seemed to me that every 100 books I sold, I got a review, which is a lot, right? It's, it seems small. 1% of people will review your book. But um, that's, not, that's not, I don't think, crazy when you think about it. The amount of times I get emails from people saying, oh, how was that thing that you got ordered from Amazon? And I don't rate it. Like, yeah, I'm the same, yeah. So I, I very rarely very rarely review but yeah the best way to get reviews on your books very simply is to sell books um, and again if you're not speculating you're not accumulating so if you're not putting your book out there you're not marketing of course you're not going to get any reviews because nobody's reading it yeah i i think yes yeah i mean that's sensible i guess but my answer to that is at the stage i'm at now is i have a very healthy following um, I have a healthy email list. 
if I put out an email saying, oh, if you've read In the Middle of Middle America, I would be very appreciative if you can take two minutes out of your day to review it. And from my thousands on my email list, if I'll get a few dozen hmm. updated new reviews on that. And that's quite smart. Some of my books have thousands of reviews now, but it, it I've never paid for a review. I wouldn't recommend paying for a review. It's very frowned upon. Um, and you can also tell if people have paid for reviews. You have to naturally let them appear, but they will only naturally appear once you're selling books. So marketing is the key. Yeah. Sell your book, get reviews. Yeah, I think... I think you may, you've hit the biggest nail on the head there. I think there's a couple of other things like approaches. You know, this person, like I said, they're coming quite naively. Is if you've got one book, people aren't really going to listen unless you've written that one amazing, unbelievable book. You know, the, the biggest thing you can ever do is just write more books because the more books you have, the more likely when you're doing the marketing, you're going to draw people in. And then yeah. you can have the you know, there's things, and we'll go into this in another episode, like back matter and the uh, the stuff at the back of your book and what you should have there and why it's important and what it can drive. Because as you pointed out, David, like you've got a mailing list, right? And you've got yeah. loads of people who have willingly wanted to hear more from you because they like what you what you do. Yeah. So you you need to focus on building those things up because eventually, people since they introduced the ratings as well, not just reviews, just ratings. They're not that tricky to get. It's just you need to have the other bits in place first, I feel. Like you need to have books to sell to start with. Yeah. They need to be of a certain quality to draw people in. You need to have the marketing in place to get the eyes on it. And that's where you will end up just naturally getting them. I'm 100% with you. You do not pay for them. No, I will. Yeah, no, definitely not. Um. But I mean, it, it, it's such an interesting topic, reviews, that we will use it um, for one of our main talking points in a future episode. Do you but read your reviews? Answer this, um, yes. Do you? Yes, okay. I do. I, I have a sort of the KDP or Author Central tab constantly open right, in my okay. browser. So, and so the reviews sort of update. Okay. But um, yeah, they're, they're always interested. I claim I don't read them, but I do read them. <laughs> We've got it on on uh, on audio now. He reads his yeah, reviews like, every day. He yeah. has it open all day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's unusual one would escape me. And if a, if a review will go up today, I'll probably get a review every day. It, it very rarely escapes me. I, I will never see a review and go, oh, I haven't read that one before. I, I have read them. Do you read them? Not really. To be fair, I've stopped. Do you not? I, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll read. Um, I check the number to see if the number, the total number's gone up of ratings and reviews. Yeah. Um, but I don't really read it beyond that. Every now and then, I might click on anything that's below like a three star because that's when it's going to be more critical. Yeah, and I hear someone saying like, "This guy's obviously not a guns expert," and I'm like, "Well, I'm an English dude. I don't really <laughs> fire guns, do I? Like, I have to do my research." Um, oh, the specificities. Yeah, some yeah. people are sticklers for those types of things. Yeah, this, it it reads like this person made it up. I did. It's a fiction book. <laughs> like, but uh, but I think to go back to the question about reviews, I think if he's only got one book, there's other things to focus on than reviews. Yeah. I think that's writing the book and trying to get it in front of people 
and then yes the more books the more eyes the reviews will just come and they're not as yeah. important i don't think they're as important as people think it looks great having the the number there but i think there's other yeah, things looks... that are more important well for this guy who has one book out and he's finding it hard to get reviews his priority is not reviews no at the moment he doesn't need that hen to sell the egg he needs to market his book with the best blurb and the best selling lines he can. Uh, I'm assuming it's a he. Um, it is a he. It I don't know who his daughter is. Oh, it is a he. Uh, and that his priority now is to market that book and the reviews mm. shall follow. Well, I hope this anonymous person who I haven't named gets the gist that it was his question that I pulled out and he found uh, some use in our answer there. Very good. Right. So that's our mailbag for this week. So we're going to move on to the part of the show now that we spoke about earlier that we were very excited about, David. Um, And that is the part that we call Seven Questions, where each week we will interview a fellow indie author and pose to them the same seven questions with the aim of extracting knowledge from their brains and to hear another perspective on the world of self-publishing. Now, on today's episode, we won't be hearing another perspective on self-publishing because as it's our first episode and we want you guys to get to know us a little bit better, David B. Lyons will be answering the questions that I posed to him. Um, And I hope you've prepared, David, because you need to set the standard. Yeah, well, it's it's an interesting feature, this. That's a, a, it's a magazine podcast, this, right? So we have the same features pop up um, every week. And me and Rob, over the past four months, we took four months to write seven questions that we would want to hear or that you, the listener, would want to hear from fellow independent authors. So it's the same seven questions every week. I'm going to tackle it on week one, episode one. Rob is going to tackle it in episode two. And then from there, we will have a different independent author answering these questions every week. So uh, are you going to, you're going to pose them to me, Rob? I'm going to pose them to you today. Hopefully when we get um, other authors on the show, hopefully we'll be able to get them to come and join us for other parts of the show as well. Who knows? We'll see what we yeah. can do. Um, but yes. So obviously you've already spoke um about who you are, we know you're a full-time author, but do you want to uh, just quickly give a bit more of an overview of uh, the sort of books you have and um, what readers would be expecting if they were to pick up one of your books? Yes, so I write, um, I mean, it's it's a hard genre to, to describe, but it's suspenseful mystery thrillers, but they're not, they're not really thrillers in a sense. They're more... Gillian Flynn, Paula Hawkins, Chad Colchin type of books. And by this stage, I have written 10 novels now. No, that's not true. I have written nine novels and I have written one nonfiction book, which is a biography of my sporting hero, Alec Ferguson, which which Boom. did really well for me um, last year. That, that came out at the tail end of last year and performed really well for me. But predominantly, I now have three trilogies out. And they are mystery suspense genre is probably the best way to to surmise them or the best way to, to genreify them. Perfect. So I'm going to hit you with the first question. We already know the answer to. Are you a full time author? So question one is, are you a full time author? Yeah, we've already discussed this. Yeah, I've been a full time author since sort of the end of 2018. And so, 
year-on-year increases in so, terms of revenue. So I'll follow that up with a sub-question of, could you just walk us through your, your working week? Yeah, I mean, I'm predominantly writing. Here's a t- some friends ask me, what, what, do you, what do you do with your day? And the thing is, I might write 2,000 words in a day, which sounds very little because when I was a journalist, I was writing a lot more than that. Um, but an awful lot of the time I spend is trying to think through plot and trying to work through plot. So, I mean, this sounds very lazy, but I could have my feet up on the couch and I'd be watching a Netflix show or, or and I'd be trying to sort of stoke ideas in myself. So an awful lot of the time I'm just watching trying to TV. Think. I'm watching TV. My feet are up. So there, there's a, there's a cup of CBT tea in my hand. Nice. Um, that's what I'm doing. And yeah, so predominantly my, my priority is always the next book. So I'm always have a book on the go. Sometimes it can take me three months to write a book. Sometimes it takes six months. It sort of tends to be anywhere in between. But um, then I also, I guess writing the next book is probably about 70% of what Mm. I do. The other 30% can be mixed up in the administrative aspects of being a full-time author. So marketing my books, doing my accounts, um, liaising with other authors, um, doing some research. So there's, there's, there's bits and pieces of it, but predominantly my main focus always is and always will be writing that next book. Thank you. Um, so next question, before I pose you the next question, uh, for our listeners, uh, many might know this, some people might not know, there's, there's a big thing between being um, wide or exclusive in the, in the author world. And that is essentially, if you're exclusive, it means you are exclusively on Amazon because you're in the Kindle direct publishing, so you're in the KDP, um, which is Kindle Unlimited, I believe, for like subscribers. And if you're in Kindle Unlimited, you can't be on any other platform. Whereas if you're wide, You can't be in KDP, but you can be in um, other stores like Kobo, Barnes & Noble, Apple, et cetera, et cetera. So with that, hopefully explained, are you wider (laughs) exclusive? I'm exclusive. I'm with KDP. So I have been for about 85% of my indie author career. I did go wide at one stage about 18 months ago. So the benefit of being exclusive with just Amazon is that you also enter their subscription model where people who have their Kindle Unlimited subscription will download your book for free, but Amazon will pay you per page read. Now, it's 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 minimal. It's is cents it, is it per not, page read. Isn't it 0.0034p or something like that? I, I think it's 0.0035p is what I oh. calculate at. Something like that. But um, essentially, I will get maybe, because my books are about 300 to 350 pages long, I end up getting maybe pound thirty per book read. Um, and I get tens of thousands of pages read a day. So it sort of adds up. And what I found was, and this is very lazy, that being part of that subscription model was too valuable to me. So I did take it away from the subscription model and I went wide um, about 18 months ago. And I just found that the other retailers weren't bringing in as much money as a subscription model was mm. through KDP. 
Um, so I went back to go to being exclusive at Amazon, but I do have to say I would prefer to be wide. Um, I find scaling my business is best in one basket at the moment where I only have to deal with Amazon. Um, but I'm, it's certainly an avenue I will explore again. I, I would prefer to be a wide author and in, in, in all the other retailers and not just exclusive with Amazon. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that one. Um, but no, it's good. I think you've actually given a really good like, overview of um, kind of the choice you have to make um, with being one or the other. Um, question number yeah. three, Mr. David B. Lyons, is name the one service you use as an indie author that you cannot do without. Oh, yeah. Mm. So there are so many, so, so many great services, really. And there are three or four that fly to the top of my mind when, when, I, when I think about the best services in the business. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't do it without Facebook ads. I have to say Facebook ads has, has predominantly been what's made me money. Uh, it's essentially given my, me my career. I think Vellum is a great piece of software, probably the best piece of software we use. So Vellum is this formatting piece of software that formats our books from a Word document into making it look like a book. Uh, and it's great. But for me, I think when it boils down to it, and I've thought about this because I knew this question was coming, I think the one small investment that I made that made that gives me great comfort as an indie author is my membership with Ali. And Ali is the Alliance of Independent Authors. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it's almost like a comfort blanket being a member of Ali for me because I can pose any questions into their group and, you know, fellow indie authors will, will get back to me and, and support me and help me. I've also had a few contracts put to me. I've had publishers reach out to me and then I would send it. You get free legal advice from the Alliance of Independent Authors, which is is worth its weight in gold. And they would tell me this contract isn't worth it. Or, And I've had agents reach out to me and I've had a couple of contracts put to me. Again, I send it on to my to the lawyers at Ali and they will give me a rundown of, of, of their expertise on the subject. I've had audio contracts put to me for audiobooks ali helps me out with that again so legally ali are a must for me mm. anyway there i i think i think to be a member of ali it costs me about 80 pounds a year so it's not a, a massive investment but it's it's a huge comfort for that 80 pounds it's it's a it's a brilliant small investment and, and probably when i when i think through my answer to this question it's probably my best investment so that's a really good one. And I also think you'd probably make that money back by um, the money you'd save being an Ali member um, on Ingram Spark. So, because you get costs. Oh, yes, yeah, so you, can, there, you, you get a benefit, don't you? Yeah, it, they mm. do give you benefits as well when you, when you join Ali. So, yeah, I, I would recommend any independent author check out Alliance of Independent Authors, A-L-L-I, Ali. They're known for short. It's uh, It's a good benefit for us. Nice one. So question four, I think we've probably already um, done it. I think you give us a very, very quick um, answer if there's anything else, but how do you market your books? Yeah, Facebook's, Facebook ads predominantly, um, but less so over the years. At one stage, it was 100% of my marketing was Facebook. It's what I started out with and it was making me money. So I just kept turning the heat up and kept turning the spend up on it. Um, what I found over the years is that I have hot and cold periods of the year. 
for mm. some reason, September and October, the Facebook ads don't really work as well for me as they do over the summer and in the early part of the year. Um, I'm not quite sure why I've tried to get to the bottom of it that. I think September and October is a bigger time for advertising space uh, in our industry. So the big publishing companies are also advertising the big books that are going to come out mm. at Christmas. It's just, it's a harder time to spend. Um, so I have found that I've had to dilute my Facebook spend. Well, not necessarily dilute the spend, but I, I look elsewhere for advertising. So I've started advertising through AMS, which is Amazon's own advertising model, where you can pay anytime somebody clicks on your book uh, or an advertisement of your book. So you normally set up a spend of about 20p or 25p per click. And, you know, every time somebody clicks it, it costs you. But will they buy the book? That's the big question. Uh, that's that's there, a so, whole that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely another podcast, Amazon ads. Um, so I have since the Facebook ads started to be a bit little patchy with me in terms of periods of the year that they would come up and down. I set out a a marketing plan that I I I, I look to. So it involves Amazon and Facebook ads predominantly, but I will also look at um, Bookbub every now and then every month i will apply for a book bub another again another this is another podcast um but it's another marketing technique that we can use and, and i'm very happy to share my the way i market mm. um through the course of this podcast but to answer that question predominantly facebook um a little bit of amazon ads and a little bit of book bub sprinkled in yeah oh and i should say my email list is key for marketing yeah it's key. Um, again, that'll be another thing. We I, talk about I think we should have uh, mailing lists as one of uh, an earlier episode to this podcast, because I think it's such a yeah. big one that people can do almost immediately. Um, so I think that will be a really useful one. But thank you for that. Yeah. Um, question five. Um, what's the one thing you know now that you wish you knew from the outset? Um. I think the only thing I've really struggled with is the isolation of being mm. an independent author. So, so it, it, it seems like a dream to just be an author for a living. And that's what you do when you're writing books and, and the money's just coming in. Um, and it's great because the money comes in from work already done. So I've written books three years ago that are still making me thousands of pounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every month it's, it, it's great because that work's all done. All I'm doing is marketing. But the one thing I, would wish i knew now was how isolating it can be and that is one of the main reasons rob and i have set up this podcast um for more collaborative work it's also part of the reason i have given in and um, to one of the many agents who have reached out to me over the years and struck a deal with one um over the past month and um, not that i felt i needed an agent but i wanted the collaborative work mm. um i'm also um working on a project with my wife um again more collaborative work so i just wanted to work with people because i found the isolation um a little bit mind-numbing uh, as i got to it the first few months of the first year of it was fine because i had full autonomy and independence and it was i was in every coffee shop that birmingham has to offer writing <laughs> books uh, but at some point i just it, it, it started to get me a little bit down and i was i was struggling really to find out why i was feeling down and I think when I got to the bottom of it, it was the isolation. So 
try and be collaborative while you're also being an independent author. And I know that's oxymoronic because independence is supposed to mean independence, mm. but um, be wary of how isolating you can be as an author and try and put measures in place to, to stop yourself from feeling isolated. Thank you very much for your honesty and for telling me that now in my first week yes, as a full-time author, the crippling isolation that's coming my way. <laughs> um, so, no, but thank you for that. That's, that's yeah. actually quite a very well thought out and very well articulated answer. So thank you. Um, oh, thank you. Question six. What's the biggest frustration for you as an indie author? Um, not having or not owning all the data or mm. data. Um, so I, I, this probably brings me full circle on Amazon because we've been talking about Amazon ads. If I had the data, if Amazon shared with me the data of everybody who buys my books, I would earn a lot more money because I would be able to market to them specifically. You know, if I had their details, if I had their email address every time a new book came out, I'd be able to approach somebody or drop in the mailbox of somebody who I know has already bought one of my books. So if I knew those guys who were leaving reviews for my books, if I had the data on who was buying my books from Amazon, it would be hugely beneficial mm. for all of us independent authors. Um, there are ways of attaining data from you know Amazon affiliate advertising, which we, we will talk about again, or uh, running a pixel in your website that can let you know who had clicked into your website. But here's the thing in modern industry, which is online, data is king, right? Mm. So if you know who the person is that's clicking, uh, it's very beneficial to you. And the reason Mark Zuckerberg is a multi-billionaire is not because people visit his website every day, although that helps Facebook. It's because he owns the data on all of us. He knows that I am bald. He knows I am 44 <laughs> years of age. He knows I'm a Manchester United fan. He knows I'm an independent author. He knows um, I hate the fucking Tories. He, they know all these things about me because it, these are the, you know, what I'm typing into Facebook. It knows, it, it accumulates all this information, all this data on us. And the more of that we can own, the more beneficial it is for us. And so there's parts of it that we don't own. I'm making this sound like a very complicated answer. Um, but it, the more that we can own, the more beneficial it is for us. The fact that we don't own so much of it really irritates me. And that's my biggest frustration as an indie author. Yeah. The, the other, I, that's absolutely spot on. If you knew who bought your books, you'd be able to make so much more. But I think the other yeah. one that's really annoying is, is it doesn't tell you if this click equal to sale. That's the, yes. that's, that's, that is the one that if you had that, you'd be able to go straight to the moon. However, I will say yeah. to you, not only does Mark Zuckerberg know that you're bald now, but all of our listeners do as well. So, oh, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> so I wanted to keep that secret. You pull it off well, it's fine. Um, so <laughs> number seven, final question, and then we'll wrap this up is what's the one piece of advice you would pass on to our listeners? Yeah, the one thing for independent authors is you have to speculate to accumulate. Now, I've said that phrase about three or four times over the, the, the 50 minutes or so we've been on this podcast. But if you want to run a successful author business, then you have to run a successful author business. Here's the thing about being an indie. And, and, and I mean, I've, as I said, I've had publishing offers and I've had agency, agents reach out to me. But being indie is cool for me. It's much cooler than having a, a, a publishing deal. 
because we own the autonomy. We own everything. The control over our career is paramount. It's paramount to me. So no advance, no payment could buy that from me, that control. Um, so what it is, is in, in modern times, we can reach an audience. So I can go on Facebook and say, I want to reach somebody. I've said this already. I? I want to reach somebody who likes the character of Jack Reacher, who likes Harlan Coleman books, who, you know, mm. you, you, can, you can find these people, this audience who also own an Amazon Kindle. Um, hence why we don't need publishing companies anymore because we can reach the audience ourselves. But here's the thing is if you are not spending, if you're not trying to reach that audience by spending money, well, then you're not going to make any sales. So when I say speculate to accumulate, I mean, put your money where your mouth is. Have faith in yourself. Have faith in your books. Have faith in your ability to be an independent author. Spend money to try and make money. If you yeah. want to be a successful independent author, you have to believe in yourself. You have to treat it like a business. So you have to invest in yourself in order to make money. It's the same with any business. Very, very sage advice. And you've got you can back it up though. That's the thing. Like you're not just saying it. Like the entire basis of your indie business, your indie author business, has been based on you spending money on advertising, right? Like that's yeah. It, it, it's not just you telling people to blindly spend their money. It's a wonderful um, phrase I heard someone, because everyone says, like, why don't I spend loads? Of, you see it, I see it in loads of groups. You know, I'm going to get irate now. Um, but people saying they don't <laughs> want to spend this money because they're spending all this money, but they're not seeing any return on it. But it's like, yeah, but you're you're still getting data out of that. That's the thing. Like you said, data is king. Is You can then look at it and go, okay, well, why is it not? Do you know what I mean? Why, yeah. why is it not? Yeah, what am I doing why wrong? Am I not what am I doing wrong? And that's... Um, the, the phrase I heard someone said was that some you win, some you learn, which is quite good. Because even if you don't win yeah. and you don't succeed, you could still learn from it. Um, yeah. and I think that you're saying there with the speculating to accumulating is is back yourself entirely. But if you don't get the results you want, you still can figure out why. And you won't be in the position to figure out why if you don't spend the money. If you don't spend the money, yeah, so, to get that data. No, yeah. but that, that's it's all true. the questions I, I, I have. It's that's the seven questions. I'm going to be fascinated to listen to these seven questions every week from different independent mm. reporters because we're going to have an array of, of answers as as the episodes go on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to answer them for me, David. Um, so, so I guess that's 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 the show. That's our first podcast done. How do you feel? Good. I, 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 I'm, I'll listen back to it, but I bet I, when I listen back to it, I'll be going, I repeated myself. And <laughs> um, but that's the way it goes because oh. we, we have certain beliefs, don't we? And, and, and I guess they'll come out every now and then. I think so. Um, but I think as you've, you've um, you know, spoke about earlier, we, we are on Facebook, two indie authors. Um, you'll see a nice big yellow logo with our little cartoony faces on it. Please join the group post in the group you can find us on instagram um find us on twitter david if people would like to find you specifically where where, where are you hanging yeah you can find media? you can find me on the best thing to do is to pop on my website theopenauthor.com and you can contact me through email or through any means there what about you rob if people want to i you specifically i'd say i'm more pre prevalent is the word i want um on 
Facebook. Um, I have a Facebook group called Robert Enright um, Books. You, you'll find it uh, on that way. Um, otherwise, you can also go yeah to, to my website, robertenright.co.uk, and you'd find all the links on there. Brilliant. Yeah. So what, what are you going to do next? What's, what, what, what have you got on the horizon there over the next week? So I, I'm finishing a book over the next couple of days. That'll go off to the editor. I'll probably then spend a week now. Like I said, I've just started this, this uh, full-time journey. I have a lot of admin to do. And apparently, I need to send some information off to the Office of National Statistics. So oh, I'll probably yeah. be spending some time doing that. So uh, how, about you? how about yourself? Cool. Yeah, my, my next book is King at the moment. That's my priority. So I'm hoping to get that finished um, over the next month. So I would say over the next week before we record our next podcast, if I can get 10,000 words down, that's, 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 that's good going for me. Perfect. Well, you know what? I'm going to ask you next week, have you done 10,000 words? And if you haven't, you won't be allowed to watch, sit and watch TV. How about that? <laughs> that's perfect. That's a deal. There we that's go. That's a deal. Perfect. We'll, we'll catch up. Uh, thank you, David. Uh, thank you to our listeners. And I guess we'll uh, catch you catch you next week. Catch you on episode two. Thank you.